Mercy is most overpowering, liberating, and transformative when it is directed at the undeserving. The people who haven't earned it, who haven't even sought it, are the most meaningful recipients of our compassion. It allows us to break the cycle of victimization and hatred. Brian Stevenson, Just Mercy, a story of justice and redemption. This type of quote really gets you thinking about how this can be applicable to your current situation in life. For me, it's, it's pretty simple. A couple months ago, my math class attempted to take a calc test and we all knew it was gonna be very, very challenging. Yet, we really didn't put much work in as far as prepping. So when the time comes to take this test, we are very nervous unprepared, scared. And in the middle of the test, when all hope seemed lost and we all thought we were going to fail this test, our math teacher, out of the blue, goes ahead and says, let's make this a take-home test. Now that just speaks to this quote because we were very undeserving people to get such mercy of allowing the test, the hardest test of the year, might I add, to be transferred to a take-home style. We were all liberated from, from possibly failing this test and we hadn't earned this. We didn't even think we could get this, but it really shows the powerful compassion of our math teacher by going through with this. And it's just really powerful to see how texts such as Just Mercy are really impactful in our day-to-day lives even. Welcome to Unlocked, a podcast focused around personal development. Usually, I'm dissecting the backstory of a unique, famous icon in their story, but today I'll be walking down my own memory lane and taking a closer look at three essential texts from my life. These works not only inspired me to improve as a person, but have shown me how to do so. These texts are extremely powerful, like I said, and have taught me incredible lessons about how the world works and each mark an integral moment in my journey. Let's begin. I was eight. My father called me down from my room and once I came down to the living room, I was captivated by what I saw on the television screen. It was a council scene, so to speak. There were eight people gathered around a fire, each sitting on their own little stool or stump. And you could just see the intensity in their faces. I later found out that this was called Tribal Council. Key moment of now my all-time favorite show, Survivor. And the scene was followed up by increasingly dramatic background music and many people whispering to each other, doing last minute scheming. And then a couple minutes later, Some votes were read on a piece of parchment by the host, Jeff Probst. At the time, I had no idea what was going on or the uh, significance that this show would have on my life as I know it. Soon after, me and my family started watching the show weekly, every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Now, while I was only eight when I first encountered this show, it actually premiered over 10 years earlier in May 31st of the year 2000. 
and it's essentially pinning fellow men and women against each other on a, on an island, not deserted. I mean, it's it's covered with tropical forests and wildlife, but they're all alone. They're away from their everyday life, don't have many resources, and they have to work together to survive. And then after a while, they have to try to beat the rest of their competition to win a million dollar prize by using their strength, whether that be mental or physical, and as well as their social skills. And in the end, it is a game, so there is plenty of strategy involved. And in the process of this show, I have learned so many life lessons from watching it over these past 12 years. Uh, The first lesson that I can preach from it is how to build strong relationships and friendships and the importance of trust. Because in today's society, there you cannot have enough friends. And with those friends, it is very important to have ones that you can trust, your go-tos, the people you can count on at a moment's notice to help you out or pick you up when you're having a bad day. And there are some prime examples from Survivor, such as Wendell and Dom from Survivor Ghost Island, uh, who were probably one of the uh, greatest one-two punches in Survivor history. Uh, Their friendship was inseparable. They were with each other from the very first day. Having not known each other at all, they formed a bond along with Laurel, who they eventually took all the way to the final three. They outlasted the rest of their castmates by their amazing friendship, and they they developed a very powerful uh, friendship that was able to engulf several others into their alliance, which the rest of the cast was not able to to match. And they, they rode that out all the way till the end. And it just shows if you trust the right people and have strong relationships, you can't be stopped sometimes. And I also learned through the show that there are multiple ways to success. Some people use their their words and their voice, such as Todd Herzog, who had a very famous final tribal council speech uh, to sway the jury to vote him the winner. Because in the end of the show, it ultimately is decided by the people you voted out, your peers, the people you have sent packing away from the million dollar prize to decide who wins the show. So it is very important to treat people respectfully because in the end, they do decide your fate. And if you're able to use your words correctly to sway them in your favor, then they will vote for you. And Todd Herzog did that very effectively in Survivor China, season 15. And that very much goes into my next point about uh, treating others with respect because there are great players in the show who were cruel to their castmates. And although they had tremendous strategy and, and brought many new aspects to the game, such as Russell Hansen, Survivor, Samoa, he didn't end up winning. And in fact, the, the winner of that season went to a much lesser player. She was not strong in immunity challenges. She wasn't physically or strong. She was socially strong. She was, she was very kind to people and formed good alliances to take her to the end. But she was no uh, preconceived threat. Nobody viewed her as a threat. But then at the final tribal council, after everyone discussing how cruel Russell was to them and how mean and disrespectful he was, he didn't end up winning despite playing one of the most impressive games in uh, the history of the show. And one final lesson I can take away from the show is that you should never give up. Despite whatever your situation is in life, you have to keep going. Because Denise Stapley in Survivor Philippines Season 25, she 
was on a tribe, one of the worst tribes in Survivor history, a tribe that had lost the first four challenges. There were three tribes of six people, and they lost the first four challenges, which means they had to send four people home, leaving two to fight against the remaining 12 cast members. And Denise was one of those two. She was at the bottom, and then her and Malcolm were then integrated into the other two tribes, with Denise going to Tandang and Malcolm going to uh, the Omosa tribe. And from there, Denise manipulated her way into into the Tandang tribe and was able to get a standing where she was able to survive and get to the merge where all the tribe, the two tribes remaining were put together to one large tribe. That's when it becomes an individual game and you start competing for yourself, not for your tribe, but for yourself. And Denise went on a very impressive winning streak and was able to form bonds that got her to the end. And because of her very successful journey from nearly nothing to the very top, she was able to take home the win. So that taught me to never give up. And one final lesson to take away from this is that you don't always have to be the leader to be in control because the whole point of this game is that usually the people who are the most vocal, people who seem to take charge early on and order people around and make big moves are usually the ones who are targeted because they're perceived as threats. And usually the people who are the underlying masterminds, the people who are usually making all the decisions and pulling the strings but are not really on the front line as far as who's saying this and who's who's being associated with it they're the ones who usually end up getting the credit in the end and the ones who end up laying just low enough on the radar to get to the end and win so survivor has been a monumental text for me as it has been a part of my family's life for over a decade now we still watch it and uh it's been a mainstay and i'm hoping to continue for it to be a mainstay as long as it is on television because it is currently filming season 41. It's truly unbelievable and I wish them the best of luck uh, with continuing to produce such amazing television. Now let's move a little closer to the present. I was 10 now and I was walking into the Benedum Theater in downtown Pittsburgh with my family uh, to see my very first musical production. It was Curtains which had been released six years prior in 2006 and written by Rupert Holmes. When I walked into that theater and my eyes were just, I can't describe how captivated I was by this performance because I had never seen anything like this before. And to see the emotion conveyed by the actors, the music provided by the pit, and the overall uh, plot of the story, and to see how it all came together in, you know, in a happy ending, which all, all little kids can appreciate. It was just, it was eye-opening to me because I had never experienced anything like this. And I immediately told my parents after watching this show, I, I want to do this. I want to try this, this musical theater thing. And I had no idea if I was any good. I didn't know if I could sing or perform or even stand in front of an audience on stage. I had no idea, but the the courage and the curiosity <laughs> curiosity inside me told me that I had to I had to give this a try because I was just so infatuated by this performance that that I knew I had to give it a shot at least and that summer I was thrown into a musical theater performance camp at my at my school ironically and uh it was it was uh, an experience I will never forget 
although I was not in any sort of lead role or because it was my first experience, I just enjoyed it so much. And that, that it speaks even more because I had no knowledge of anybody there going into it. So I had to make friends on the fly. I made some great connections that have lasted until this day for people who still do the camp. But that first production of Curtains really, really grabbed me. And it has allowed me to express myself and figure out who I am. Like it has introduced me to so much of my personality and it has helped open me up and figure out who I am. Uh, It's helped improve my confidence amazingly because when I saw the people up on stage in curtains, they didn't hold back at all. They, They played to their characters to the T and they completely just did whatever they thought their character would do that like that's what i learned about acting it's it's not what you would do it's what your character would do and to see them uh not hold back and just be completely open on and vulnerable on stage when displaying their emotions through their lines and songs it was it was very impressive and i wasn't a concrete artist at the time i i don't i didn't write my own songs i didn't play many musical instruments outside of the violin and i didn't draw paint or do ceramics or any type of art like that so this was my way of expressing myself through musical theater through singing dancing and acting and through these experiences i was able to see uh, many things from different perspectives because when you're analyzing a script and getting into character you have to completely forget about your own biasms and uh how you see the world and go into the shoes of this character you've been given and think about how they view certain issues, how other characters view them, how they view themselves and what type of little mannerisms and actions they do that is unique to them. And that allowed me to see myself for who I was because I was able to so well analyze these characters that I've been given who aren't real people, but you have to make them real in order for the show to be convincing enough. Uh, Musical theater, this show has also taught me improvisational skills and spontaneity because in life, you sometimes have to make split second decisions and always be thinking on your feet because you never know when the opportunity is gonna come up to grab that internship or take a chance or go travel to some unique place that you've never been before. And you have to be willing to to make split second decisions and that that will be very impactful on your life. And obviously, in the world of showbiz, you learn pretty early that life isn't fair and that people sometimes aren't casted based on ability or their skill set or even, even their connections. It's, it's awfully, oftenly based on how they fit the character and what the director sees in this character and who they want to fill that role. Even if you don't think they're the best person for it, doesn't matter what you think life isn't fair and that leads you to staying committed because although you might not get every role you set out to get you need to commit the importance of practicing and just grinding is so important and that can be applied to just about any field because if you don't put in the work you're not going to get anything out of it and those are just some of the many lessons that musical theater has taught me. And without musical theater being in my life, there would, there would have been a huge delay in the development of not only my personality, but my character and social skills, because that really allowed me to just get myself out there and figure out who is Bobby Serafin. And I just can't be thankful enough for 
getting introduced to curtains, which basically introduced me to, to musical theater. And the final text that has extreme importance to my character and personality is Just Mercy, a book that was later turned into a movie written by Brian Stevenson. And this book I had read a couple summers ago and then was able to watch the movie last, last winter break. And it taught me so much about the way the world works and how we've come a long way, but yet there is still much work to be done. And every day there can be new changes made so that justice is able to be attained for all. The main pr premise of this story is that there's this young hotshot lawyer named Brian Stevenson who goes down south to help inmates get off death row because they were often put in there uh, through false conviction and they deserve to get out. But most of them never did as seen by the death of Herbert Richardson, which was, was quite emotionally uh, stirring. But he mainly took on the case and he rode with it. He, he did everything he could to achieve justice in a very corrupt society. Like it, it showed me that once again, life, life is not fair and oftentimes good people are, are not always treated the best. And this, even when they do absolutely nothing, they're put, they're put on death row, which is just, it just shows how, how rotten the justice society was in the context of this book, which was several decades ago back when racial issues were at its height. And yes, although the justice system has come a long way, uh, we still have worked to do. And I, I learned that. I learned that through this book. And another thing that I was able to take away that really spoke to me was that people can change. That you should not have eternal prejudice or judgment against one person just because of their previous actions. I learned that people really can change even if you think the bottom with the bottom of your heart that they are just downright awful people. And that that lesson is taken away by the character Sheriff Tate who throughout this book did whatever he could to even if it was illegal and corrupt as far as working with the the local courts uh trying to reverse the decision against Brian Stevenson and his, his team. He was, he was trying his hardest to do that because he didn't want the, the townspeople to think the original decision was wrong and act against the justice system and think the world was, was a lie. And he did whatever he could until the tide started to turn and people started to realize that Brian Stevenson was fighting for an innocent man and that the man convicted on death row <laughs> was was not there rightfully and even his own family started to realize that and he had a change of heart and then eventually decided to make an agreement in court to drop all charges freeing an entire community of a false conviction and achieving justice and showing that there is good in everybody you have to be able to unlock it there is good in everybody you have to be able to find it and those are some of the key lessons I've, I've taken from Just Mercy. And I think the theme 
or the line that connects all three of these texts together is the importance they played in the development of my life. I would be a shadow of my current self had it not been for these three texts. They showed me so many valuable lessons. They helped improve my social skills and character, getting myself out into the world. They showed me that there's multiple ways to success, whether that be through strength or your mind or through your heart. And I will be forever grateful for what these texts have given me. And I know I'll be able to utilize them in my life going forward because they are just that integral to my development. And they laid a tremendous foundation for me to go into my college career and then later on my professional career in whatever I decide to do. But all I know is that I do have a good head start and I'm going to continue to grow. And these texts help get me started.